Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Rise, and we got a special episode today. I'm giving you some rankings. Yeah, we talking about the ladies today. Now, what I plan to do with this episode is just dive right into my top 10 predictions uh, and my top 10 lineup at the CrossFit Games this year. Now, I want to say, we know who's going to win the CrossFit Games. It's going to be T. Claire Toomey. Um, so let's just remove number one out the gate. I'm going to start from 10 and I'm going to work my way down. But I have to allude to the fact that this was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I initially was asked or requested to do this through Morning Chalk Up. Of course, then I, I also joined Chase in a couple episodes of, of the CrossFit Games podcast to discuss, you know, our, our answers to questions or hot takes. And, and all of this demanded that I make some type of list. I've already posted to social media and shared with many of you that I don't particularly enjoy making lists because as an athlete, I know how that can feel. You either see your name there, you don't, or maybe you know someone personally and you feel disrespected, but I don't really care what the athletes think. I love them to death and I'm going to always give them my honest opinion. and I'm going to just shoot it straight um, based on what I see them do, where I see their presence on social media. And yes, that matters because some people are too distracted and enamored by social media and that will keep them as far from the podium as they want to be. So some people that are willing to give up their celebrity and focus uh, might have a better chance, but we know that that's not going to happen. Nonetheless, I want to dive into my top 10. Um, I would say that I've got some very unique picks close to the podium and on the podium this year that many of you are going to disagree with, and I can't wait to see what happens. But let's kick this thing off. At number 10, I have got one of the most popular, if not the most popular, second to Claire to me, female in our sport. She is a sweetheart of our sport. She grew up within our sport. She actually trains very closely with Tia Claire to me on a daily basis. I got number 10 at none other than Brooke Wells. Yes, the return from the gruesome elbow injury that we saw last year during the snatch event. She is primed and ready to make a top 10 run this year. And folks, you really don't understand how impressive that will be. Some of you are going to be like, yeah, but Adrian, she would have placed X, Y, or Z last year. Or look at how fit she is or look at the history. If she gets goes to the CrossFit Games and gets top 10 this year, after serving and having an injury like that, making it through healthy and being able to finish in the top 10, this will be one of the best CrossFit Games seasons she's ever had in her entire life. So that's where I've got her at the 10 spot. I think she's going to show up with the ability to compete free without worry, without much expectation because she's truly just so excited to be there. But what she showed me at semifinals was that, wow, she still got a lot of fitness. And wow, I know that she wasn't even training at full capacity for that long prior to that event. Having a summer under her belt and now a new familiarity with where she's at and having a better ability to pace, I think that she will be refined and ready to make this top 10 run. Number nine, I've got three Helga daughter. Now, not much to be said there about her specifically because I don't know a ton about her. I haven't watched her in person compete. I haven't gotten to interview her or know in depth about her training, but I do know this, that the fitness that I saw at semifinals and the history that she has shown me within this sport and the consistency that she continues to show up with is the reason that I've got her at number nine. Now, could she be someone that creeps up and gets a little bit closer? Absolutely to the top five. But nine is where she stands currently. Number eight, 
I have got another woman who had taken a break and a hiatus to start her family and have a newborn. Cara Saunders is who I got in the number eight spot. Now, Cara has gone through a few transitions, right? Um, one, we know that she didn't get to compete last year through COVID. Two, she's got her own company. She's got an eye, eyeglass company. She's got a gym. She's got a family. She's a mom. Her husband works. She recently made the transition from Nick Fowler at Brute Strength over there to uh, the Mayhem crew. And it was nothing against her. Nick Fowler. He was doing a great job. She loved working with him, but he was in the States. It was hard to be accountable. You got to think about following a template for an athlete that's a vet like hers. The freedom is that she doesn't feel accountable to do any particular thing any day. She's just kind of mixing and matching what she thinks or knows she needs, and she does it at a high intensity. She's having fun with that stuff, and she's moving on. It's similar to what we'll offer with True Fitness because of the fact that we've got specialists co collaborating together to put together our Olympic weightlifting, our endurance training, our gymnastics skill set and capacity, and then we've got a flow of metabolic conditioning that will take place all year long, all year round. It allows people to have that a la carte experience. A lot like what Mayhem did and a lot like what they kind of bit off from brute strength, which is where I took it. I helped create that with brute strength. And I had, to, I saw the beauty in what it looked like to have the right team, the right communication, the right collaboration take place. And that's what Carl was looking for um, in the absence of a personal coach. And that might be the one thing that potentially holds her back, but I don't think it will. She's going to have her husband. Her daughter will get to see her compete this year on, on site and in person. Um, so she's going to be laid back. She's going to be relaxed. And I think that makes her dangerous. But right now, I think an eighth spot is a fair one for Cara Saunders. At number seven, I've got the future, one of the futures of the sport, Haley Adams. And some of you guys are going to hate on me for this pick. Uh, it's a little farther removed from the top five than she has been the last two years, of course, making that top five. But the bottom line is that she's that one strength movement away that could really potentially bury her um, in, in, the, in, the, in the scoring system and potentially two. So if they're below parallel in any way, or if it gets too heavy below parallel, that will be a, something that's a problem for her. And she's still building the strength that takes time. Now, I know that she's going to hit some home runs. I know that she's going to have a few top three finishes and be on the, you know, making some money on some of these events because of her ability to compete, one, her ability to seize the moment, two, which I think uh, suits her very well. Um, so if there's anything that's like, hey, you got to perform this to a T, you got to pace this just right. I really like her chances in that. Uh, but I think Haley's gonna gonna drop a little bit from the top five this year, um, and, and it's simply just a gut feeling. Uh, less about her fitness and what I've seen through, through, about her throughout the year. I know that she's stronger than she was last year, but just in regards to what I'm expecting to see from the test and the performance, it's seven for me for Haley. Then number six, I have Gabby Magala. I think that she's coming into her own, very consistently going to be a threat to be top seven, top six, um, especially with the girls. Uh, gone that like Katrin's not there this year. Annie's not there this year. Um, and, and we know that, that while Katrin hadn't been towards the top of our sport um, last year or the top of the field, that she's someone that, that Gabby had forced to been forced to compete with in the past. We know Kristen Holt is not there as well. So that also is another opportunity for Gabby to move on up in the rankings. Number five, I have Emma McQuaid. Now, this is a hard pick for me because I believe that we're going to see the best Emma yet. And I think that she could potentially even get into the top four, potentially find her way to the podium into the top three. She's a very Kristen Holta-esque, in my opinion, uh, really high engine, solid at gymnastics. Um, I think that she's learning things in regards to creating stimulus and making choices in the field of competition. I think we saw a good side of her there at Wadapalooza this year. 
Um, you know, talking even with Brian Friend, though, it seems as though Wadapalooza is one of the biggest outliers in regards to competition that doesn't actually reflect the game's athletes' performance at the CrossFit Games. So now, great, Brian, you got me hesitating with that pick and, and what it means for, for this lineup. But I got Emma McQuaid at five. At four, we're getting real close, folks, to that podium. I have got Mal O'Brien. A lot of people want to say that she's going to be have an opportunity to compete with Tia this year, and I don't think it's her time yet. Um, I don't think she will be the second most dangerous to Tia. If she is, she will have proven me wrong for sure. And that means her growth with Matt Fraser has accelerated tremendously. I do believe that she'll take a step in the right direction. I think she finished seventh or eighth last year. And I think that she will be significantly better than that. And primarily because of her ability to compete. One of the most unique things about being around a primetime competitor like Matt or any games athlete that knows how to communicate, teach, and inform um, and challenge, right? It's important as a coach to be able to challenge an athlete, to make them own up to every decision they're about to make or the decisions that they make in training so that they know they're as prepared as they can be. This is something that I try to put into practice with every athlete that I oversee their development with. And, and we have conversations and sometimes, not, not that they're argumentative, but I do need to challenge their presence, their psyche, their choices about reps, right? And particularly um, even question my own, hey, you know, I, I, this is what I think. What do you think? And we have these conversations. I think that Matt does this at an accelerated level because, of course, he's the fittest man in history, but also because this is the way that he approached so much of his com competition. Matt built up his fitness, and he did so in such a way that he got to gamify and look into a workout differently than all the other competitors. It's the small choices that he would make, like setting kettlebells down early in 2020 in the Toto Bar and Walking Lunge event. It's like having an understanding of where to grip something, how to do it, how to transition in and out, where to put your hands, where to put your pinky. Do you hook grip or do you not hook grip? Do you do you suicide grip or do you wrap your thumb around the bar? There are so many nuances that he's explored and now he's now communicating them with Mal. And I think I saw that when I was in person at the Granite Games, the way that she would attack workouts by speed or by choice of decisions, the way that she was able to stay in her own race or run her own race and events like that long grunt work style chipper that they did um, on the final day um, and, and and just different instances where I really saw that, okay, you know, that that's not just a fitness uh, advantage that she's got right there, but that's a gaming advantage. That's a planning advantage. So I do think Mal is going to take some big steps in the right direction. She's going to be just outside the podium looking in this next pick. Whew. I got Danielle loose cannon, Brandon at number three. Yeah, where's that coming from? Well, Adrian, she got a new coach. Well, Adrian, she's been through this and that. Adrian, she was 11 last year. Yeah, I know. And every year we've got females getting onto the podium that have come from either outside the top 10 or they didn't even wear it at the CrossFit Games the year before. Just think about that. And to me, she's the one this year. I think she got a chip on her shoulder. She got to prove some things. And this isn't like, hey, through the COVID experience, she didn't get to perform last year. I know she already felt that way about it. But it's for the simple fact that she's an athlete. She's athletic. She showed some signs of really having the unique ability to improve her pacing uh, at the MAC. Um, I believe it was the MAC or Syndicate, whichever one it was out there in Tennessee. And um, I, I think that her execution put me on notice that she's a more mature athlete. Um, she was able to slug out workouts and go head to head with someone like Brooke Wells in a workout where her elbow certainly wasn't the limiter, but more so it was a fitness test and, and one that Brooke commonly would do well at with some running, with some, with some D-ball work, with sandbag, um, wall balls, right? Like just simple stuff. And uh, Danielle really put on a show there. And I think she's got some unique skills. Um, I think she still needs to get stronger to be a sure podium pick. But to me, this is a year where I think she can really make a lot of noise. And specifically, be 
excuse me, because of the focus that she's bringing in this year. And a lot of people might argue or wonder if she's distracted. But I think the parting ways of her and just of Justin Coulter is that they didn't make a great fit together. I think Justin's a great coach. I think that he's a passionate individual. And I think he has a pretty low tolerance for nonsense and or, you know, uh, diva type tendencies. And I think she might have some. Um, Brute and what Matt Torres has specifically in Naples allows that personality to be able to shine and not negatively uh, or adversely affects the, the community or culture because of one, how the personalities seem to be at the group down there. And also a lot of their training is truly done individually at different periods of the day. If not, she might be there with maybe another male competitor throwing down. Um, but, you know, and I could dive into that topic in more detail. I could uh, have Matt on for an interview. I'd love to have Danielle on for an interview at some point, athlete to athlete, and really discuss all that in, in, in detail and, and have something of a fruitful conversation, not one that's just kind of create chatter or buzz around her particular circumstance. But I like her as an athlete. I like her attitude. Um, again, it might not be one for everyone. And, you know, I just shoot it straight. Like her and I might not jive in person on site playing together, right? If my personality is one way and hers is another, that would not ever deter my respect for her as an athlete and what she can do to perform. It's similar to someone like Michael Jordan, right? Like people that were around him a lot, like, like they struggled because they couldn't take or tolerate his personality. I'm not comparing her to Michael Jordan at all. She's not a Michael Jordan of our sport. She's simply an up and comer, someone with potential. And now it's her job to show us that potential. But I bring that up as an example of someone where people might say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's not, that's not, a that's not the best personality or that kind of personality won't win. Or you have to be a great human and very kind to have success in this sport. And all those things aren't true. Um, I, I would say that, that Rich Froning wasn't a very nice person. The first few times he won the CrossFit games, I think he grew into that. I think he grew into such a leader. I think he grew into his service mindset. I think his spirituality changed him. I think that Matt Frazier, same way. I think he came into the sport as a young, arrogant kid who saw weak athletes in his opinion and was like, yo, if I really did this, I'm going to crush these dudes. And he got humbled and he ate his humble pie and he wasn't successful. And guess what? That changes a man. And he fell in love and got his partner in Sammy and it changed him. People evolve and people can change, but not everybody just comes in here with like, oh, I'm the nicest person in the world. And oh, I'm going to serve the community. And it's going to be great. I found CrossFit folks all because I saw Graham Holmberg best out Rich Froning in 2010. And I said, if he can win, I can win. And I'm going to go compete and win eventually and beat these guys. That's just what I thought. And I was wrong. I got to go and win on a team. That was my skill set that I found. That was the passion that fueled my heart and gave me success and created a platform like this for me. But I ate my humble pie too. As an individual, guess what? I couldn't hold those guys' job. I got to the CrossFit Games, not a very healthy version of myself, and I finished 21st. Boo hoo. But that was me. That was the best that I had that particular year. And I didn't punch my ticket again until I was in the Masters. And of course, I couldn't win it there either. I got third. But you see how I'm jiving, right? People might not be huge fans of Danielle Brandon, or they might love her to death. I believe that she's going to be in that kind of category for our sport. But I got her on the podium. Go get it. Go get that medal, girl. Number two. A less than uh, risky pick, Laura Horvath. Now, this is contingent upon a few things. Laura has shown us throughout the years that she has an amazing skill set, an amazing level of fitness. I'd only imagine that Ben Smith has her diving into inverted work and handstand push-ups and pressing variations and tricep uh, accessory work and shoulder accessory work 
and variations in positions with time under tension and isometric contractions more than she can dream of. Laura, if you're not getting that, I know a guy who can help you with that because let me tell you something. If you can just clean up your ability to do strict handstand push-ups, parallel handstand push-ups strict and or at a deficit, you're going to be the, the, the challenger to be the fittest woman in the world once Tia steps out of this. You've shown that to us. You have an ability to compete. You have a non nonsense attitude. I don't see you trying to win the glamour race on social media. I see you focused. I see you tenacious. I see you pursuing things like moving to Virginia to be under the tutelage of Ben and his team and to spend the time there undistracted away from family, away from friends that tells me that you really want this and you're all in. I believe that she will end up second this year, which is a crown to itself when you're competing against the queen of a sport like Tia Claire Toomey is the legend herself of the CrossFit Games. Tia, applause. I won't take a knee to you. I can't make an idol of you, but I will say that, you know, hats off, standing applause, take all their money. Um, you are the woman, girl. And, um, you know, we, we chatted briefly about the idea of what if CrossFit made a logo? If CrossFit made a logo similar to what the NBA did with Jerry West, he's the logo, aka, you know, literally Jerry West walks into a room, all the young bucks, all the current uh, sensational players, even Michael Jordan himself, like they know, they look at Jerry and they're like, oh, yeah, aka the logo, that's the man. Tia should be the logo for the CrossFit Games. Now, a lot of guys might not like that because, oh, you know, what about the guys or what about whatever being equally represented? Like, yo, Tia should be the logo until someone else comes along and wins it seven times in a row. Or she's just going to keep going. Tia, by all means, I hope you keep going because you've been nothing but good for this sport. And I want to say that specifically to think even her and think about the maturation that we've seen through her. If you guys aren't a history buff within our sport, I want you to go back. I want you to go back to 2014 and watch the CrossFit Games and understand T. Claire Toomey was only finding CrossFit like a year and a half prior to that. So somewhere in like 2012 or 2013. Then she punches her ticket, I believe, in 2015, which is when I was there as an individual. And um, maybe 2014 was her first year. Sorry, guys. I'm very confused. But what I'll say to you is that you go back and you watch the coverage and you listen to her words and you listen to her mindset and psyche. She almost acted like she didn't belong. And I believe that she really felt that way. She felt like people were judging her like, oh, here's an Aussie who's, who's going to lose the CrossFit Games because she led a significant portion of them or going into the final day and then she lost it, right? The leader then, Katrin then came in and took it. The way that Tia talks and the way that she viewed herself is nothing like the athlete that you see take the floor now. It's nothing like the athlete that I believe that we saw take the floor the first time that she was the victor. I think that she learned something and she experienced something. She became what I would call, she went from what I would call a negative Nancy with self-doubt and very demeaning self-talk to someone who just believed in their opportunity. They believed in that they could, when it was presented to them, seize the moment. And she started to solidify that probably by proving that to herself every day. And you see her coach, Shane, which I would more, I know that Shane does a great job. Shout out to you, Shane, Mr. Orr, the legend himself, the GOAT, the winningest coach in the sport. Um, I believe that your presence with Tia or his presence with Tia, as I'm not talking to him directly, is a support system more than anything. His ability to probably speak or know when to not speak is really good at this point. And I'm sure sometimes he tries his luck because that, of course, is his lady. That is his spouse. Um, but for them to have that balance and the pressures that they have together as coach and athlete, and then to also have the normal struggles and day-to-day -day battles that 
every husband and wife share is really unique and certainly admirable. And while Shane knows a thing or two about programming and also um, his ability and what he's learned coaching Tia, I believe that his greatest asset isn't what he puts on the whiteboard and isn't what he puts pen to paper on their app with proven, but it is in fact his leadership and his presence uh, because I think that's what every athlete has to find. Who can you put into your corner that brings you um, ease, but can press the right button to bring the beast out of you? Who do you want in your presence that is cool, calm, and collected, uh, but also can be the fiery rage that you need and sometimes the conviction that you need built in your own heart and mind for your greatness? Because I think that's really what it comes down to, finding a great coach. And I think Tia has that behind her in droves, along with great genetics. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Tia, I'd, I'd, I'd thank them personally with their names if I could, uh, if I knew them. But mom and dad, great job. Thanks for making your daughter and making her the way that you did. Certainly, you are playing a huge part in this, uh, not just with your support, but with the genes that you've supported her with. Um, the, the, the God honest truth, guys, is that there's going to be some girls and some boys that come up and they're going to say, I want to be the next Tia Claire Toomey or I want to be the next Matt Frazier. Or, I just want to be the next champ. I want to be, you know, if Justin Medeiros leaves the sport with only one championship ever. They're going to say, I want to be the next Justin Medeiros or Ben Smith. And I'm going to simply say, you might need to go pick new parents then because there certainly is a genetic gift that we've all been predisposed to that just favor a particular sport. This sport is a barbell sport, and we know that. In order to punch your ticket, you got to get great with a barbell. In order to punch your ticket, you got to get great with gymnastics. You got to get great moving up and down, and you got to do it quick enough. If you're tall, it's going to be hard. If you're too tall, you got to be fitter than the shorter people so that you can keep up with them, go on broken and go faster. Your intensity has to be higher. You're making a long load travel a longer distance quickly. With that being said, genes are important mindset is important the team around you is important but to no surprise and with no disappointment do i say we will see another year with tia claire to me we're in the crown and racking up another medal and lots of dollar bills the real question to you guys and to me is how many events will she win well let's see if there's 13 she'll probably win like six right maybe even more i think last year she won gosh did she win like seven last year or something maybe more it's scary either way what makes me sick to my stomach is that she's only getting fitter. She's only getting better. The young lady took three months to four months off after the CrossFit Games last year to compete in bobsled, gain 20 pounds. And I'm going to tell you guys something. When an athlete knows they can do that, they're more dangerous because they get the proper rest. They get the proper nutrients. They get the proper hormonal reset. They get to deload and reload. And guess what? Not only are they mentally hungry to come back, but their body physically is yearning for it. The, the, the calorie reduction that she went through to get lighter. She probably feels lighter this year than she did last year, even after coming off the weight gain simply because she was heavier, right? There's psychological advantages to being able to do that. And that's another topic for another day. That's probably more of like a coaching topic, but nonetheless, that's my top 10 ladies. Let me know what your thoughts are. If you're tuning in, you can you know, troll me on social media when my when my picks are completely off and none of them align like I picked. And guess what? I'll say that's okay because that's why they play. Hey guys, enjoy the CrossFit Games and the next episode that I'm dropping. We're talking about the boys. Keep rising.